mother Feel the heat? Oh my God. A terrifying escape from wildfires burning in the Shushwap region. Flames on either side of the highway as residents raced to get to safety last night. That stretch between Chase and Sorrento now shut down as the fire continues to rage. Good evening and thanks for joining us as BC continues to battle wildfires on multiple fronts. 30,000 people are under evacuation order. 35,000 more are on alert. And just a few hours ago, the provincial government issued travel restrictions in fire-affected zones. We have teams in the field in some of the worst-hit areas of this province where we know homes and businesses have been lost. What still isn't clear, though, is just how many. We'll begin tonight in the Shushwap region, where two major fires made what officials call a significant run of more than 20 kilometers in less than 12 hours. Winds fanned the flames of the Lower East Adams Lake Fire and the Bush Creek East Fire, prompting thousands of people to evacuate Scotch Creek, Lee Creek, Salista, Magna Bay, Little River, and part of Sorrento. Some forced to get out by boat as local bridges were shut down. Our Troy Charles is in chase tonight where people are understandably on edge. Troy. Sophie, on the shores here of Little Shushop with ash in the air, more harrowing stories from this BC wildfire season. And the evacuees that we spoke to today, it feels like they're explaining a nightmare when in fact it was the reality they faced on Friday night. Wild story after story of an escape out of North Shushwap as flames from two fires barreled down. A terrifying night in North Shushwap. With the high winds out there blowing, it was just like an inferno. Residents left with little time to flee as fierce winds whipped the fire across Highway 1 and down onto the shores of Shushwap Lake, seen here in Salista. It's a combination of two fires, the Lower East Adams Lake and Bush Creek East wildfires that are wreaking havoc on multiple communities. It affected the communities of Salista, Scotch Creek, Lee Creek, into Squilax, and then crossed over to the other side, to the South Shushwap, uh, into uh, the Little River Road area, and uh, now is uh, causing some concerns in the Sorrento area. McLean confirmed there are structure losses in Scotch Creek, including their fire department and community hall. The CSRD says around 3,500 addresses and roughly 7,000 residents are on either evacuation alert or orders. The latest coming down on Saturday for the Sorrento and Skamekin area. We caught up with evacuees in Kamloops who had made the long detour through Salmon Arm as Highway 1 is closed at Chase. Barry Jackson, a resident of Squilax, confirmed the reserve suffered structure losses as well. When we got towards the turnoff by Squilax store, there was a wall of flames about 25 feet high and it was dark and congested to get out. Ashes flying all over the road and we managed to get out. In its Saturday update, BC Wildfire Service called the conditions for the fires burning in the Shushwap some of the worst the province has ever seen. Two fires, one on one is East Adams Lake, uh, and the other one is Bush Creek. As you can see by the red dots on the map, which is essentially the, the growth from yesterday, you can see that this fire made a significant run uh, towards the Shushwap, the northern end of the Shushwap. Uh, it did cross Highway 1. This fire made a run yesterday in under 12 
hours of over 20 kilometers. On Saturday, the fire was expected to grow with winds in the forecast. It's a defeated moment, you know, Mother Nature. It's it shows its it flexes its muscles out there, and you're just helpless to it. You just all you have to do is just stand back and let it do its do its thing out there. Sophie, as you mentioned earlier, the CSRD confirmed some residents were trapped Friday and had to be rescued by boat. Now, if there is a light at the end of the tunnel for this wildfire season, it's hard to see it through all the smoke. Back to you. All right, thanks for that. Troy Charles reporting for us tonight in Chase. Now, Global's Elissa Carpenter is on the other side of that highway closure in Sorrento, where the situation has been dynamic all day long, Elissa, as evacuation orders and alerts expanded. That's right, Sophie. And for part of the day, Sorrento, where I am now, was under an evacuation alert as fires actively burned uh, to the north, south and west of here. Late this afternoon, Sorrento also put under evacuation order. It's really like a ghost town here. All the houses are empty. All the businesses are closed down. People say it's been an exhausting 24 hours trying to get information. But what is clear is the sense of community and how many people have come together to try and help one another. Volunteer firefighters and search and rescue volunteers gather in an empty parking lot, a makeshift muster point. Active fires are burning north, south and west of here. Most communities under orders to evacuate. This was the scene Friday night as residents and visitors hit the road looking to escape the smoke and flames. Adriana Bernal and her husband and daughter arrived from Calgary last week. But after Friday night, the smoke level increased a lot and then there were power outages last night while we were having dinner. They've pulled their boat from the water and are headed back home. We spent the night at Canadian Tire in Salmon Arm and there were three couples that we were just uh, chatting. They live in Scotts Creek and this morning they got confirmation that their house burned down. As the Bernals leave to free up campsites and hotel rooms for those displaced, others are headed back into active fire zones. A lot of the firefighters heading over to Scotch Creek are coming out of here and getting gas to, to get there, but it's still a big question mark. Steve Enns runs this family-owned restaurant and store in Blind Bay. Across the lake is Scotch Creek. Residents have been told to get out, but they can only get out by boat. We had a bit of a local effort. Everybody went over in boats and pulled people out of there. Sharon Taves is a Scotch Creek resident and small business owner. We're just heading out on the boat back to Scotch Creek, go and uh, see what's going on over there, put out some spot fires. With the airspace over Kelowna closed so that firefighting aircraft have space to land, residents here wonder why they haven't seen a plane or a helicopter. Some also question whether Wednesday was the right day for a controlled seven kilometer burn along the ridge near Scotch Creek and Lee Creek. The fire just blew it right down the lake, like literally. We watched it from this side and Last night, it was just pure freaking devastation. Critical infrastructure has burned, including the fire hall in Scotch Creek. So many here still waiting to find out when they can go home and if there will be anything to go home to. And Sophie, as you mentioned, portions of westbound Highway 1, the Trans-Canada, are closed at this hour. You can see between uh, Sorrento and Chase, westbound traffic behind me is at a is, is stopped. There are now barricades across there. Eastbound traffic is still getting through, but that's simply just to let people get through and get out of this area as crews continue to try and fight fires here. We are told that that blockade for westbound traffic uh, towards Chase will probably be up until at least Monday. That's when we're expecting 
an update on that road closure and it will add about 90 minutes to two hours for anybody who is trying to get from here to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Elissa Carpenter reporting for us in Sorrento tonight. Now to the fires ravaging both West Kelowna and Kelowna. BC Wildfire Service says there was some growth over the past 24 hours. The good news, no new confirmed structure losses, but that's small comfort to evacuees who don't know the status of their homes. Cassidy Moscone is in West Kelowna for us tonight. Cassidy. Yeah, it must be uh, made so much worse for those families that are still waiting to find out if their homes are still standing and also just dealing with this relentless smoke. This is definitely the worst we have seen it since arriving here. There's actually a mountain behind me that's scattered with homes, but you can't see a thing. Where there's smoke, there's fire. As the sun rises on a new day, so does the anxiety for the residents of West Kelowna. This is folks, for me and thousands of others. And where do you go? There's really no place to go. I don't know. I don't know if it's still standing or not. I don't know. I hear the, the streets on fire. Kind of scary not knowing if you have a home anymore. Absolutely. And what to do if you don't, you know. Daryl Schultz and his dog Buddy capturing the feeling of the moment. There's not even a shell. It's burned like literally a level to the ground. We were right there with him when the truck driver got the phone call changing his life forever. So there you go. What did you just learn? I have nothing. Nothing left. Everything's burned. Gone. Uninsured and out of hope. Tragically, many West Kelowna residents have been dealt the same devastating hand. It's gone. Trent and Jackie McLean and their two children, another family without a home to go home to tonight. I think it's going to take some time, honestly, for it to sink in. Um, it feels very overwhelming. For every home lost, Countless are saved thanks to the incredible work of firefighters in structure protection units swooping in to help from around the province. Their dedication obvious in the security vision taken from a home under attack just north of Kelowna. Today on the ground we are an army out there. Kelowna's soldiers fighting fire on the front line. The evacuation orders and alerts keep coming out thick and fast. Nearly 22,000 people combined. It's a sure sign that this firefight is not over yet. Sophie. Oh, some heartbreaking stories. Cassidy, thank you for that. Richard Zussman is in Kelowna on the other side of the lake where space for evacuees and emergency personnel is at a premium, prompting an appeal for visitors to stay away and even an extraordinary order by the provincial government. Richard. On a Saturday night in August, Sophie, the downtown core here in Kelowna is typically a very busy place. But this is obviously not the typical summer. Those tourists are largely leaving the community, the hockey arena here filled with those that have nowhere else to go. And now the province putting in an order telling tourists to stay away from this entire region. 
It's a community running out of rooms, some being forced to spend the night here. Kelowna's downtown hockey arena turned into a makeshift shelter. Others lucky enough to find a hotel room. Well, everybody has to have a place to stay, uh, and I've, I got one last night. They finally gave me one. Evacuations across the region growing. More than 30,000 people in B.C. on evacuation order, another 35,000 on alert. And with so many hotels booked up by visitors, there are limited places for people to go. That's why the province is taking this unprecedented step. We are introducing temporary restrictions in the Okanagan. Under this order, we are restricting travel to several communities for anyone planning on staying in temporary accommodations. Many have cancelled or cut trips short, but it wasn't enough. The law restricting bookings for visitors at hotels, motels, inns, RV parks and campgrounds impacting Kelowna, West Kelowna, Oliver, Asoyuz, Penticton and Vernon. It does not include vacation rental by owner properties, nor does it impact people currently here. But the encouragement still is for everyone on vacation to leave the area. If you're already in a hotel, uh, the order uh, does not affect you, but we're really encouraging people who are in hotels, who are in motels, uh, to talk to the operator and to go home early. The province's hotel association working closely with the province. The message to operators is to accommodate all guests cancelling and leaving early. There is a generosity of spirit and understanding in a time of crisis. We want people to come back. Kelowna continues to be a huge concern for fire crews. Confirmation structures have been lost, but it's too early to determine how many. Firefighters getting a slight break Saturday with conditions improving for much of the day. And we expect, Sophie, although things were better during the day, the evenings are always the challenge. The temperature goes down, those fire bombers can't get up in the air, and so that's when people are anxious and they wait and see. The winds have been calm today. They haven't picked up quite yet. That is obviously a good sign, but like so many of the last few evenings, people are going to buckle up here at Prospera Place downtown Kelowna and across the region just hoping things don't get worse. Another sleepless night for many people, I'm sure. Richard, thank you. Well, for at least another day, there will be no commercial flights into or out of Cologne International Airport, and it's likely all flights will be canceled through to Sunday. There's no word on when the airport might reopen, although it is in negotiations to operate between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. because, as Richard just mentioned, aerial fire crews are grounded between those hours. Airport officials are hopeful they might be able to resume full commercial operations by Monday, but with the lack of visibility and the unpredictability of wildfire activity, that might not happen. Now, it's not just tourists being asked to stay away. Officials today asking people not to go into fire zones to watch the disaster unfolding. We heard that message from them uh, several times in a couple of briefings today. Keith Baldry joins us now with more on, on that call, on that appeal, Keith. Yeah, new terms suddenly been spawned here. It's called wildfire tourism. And it's, as you mentioned, people who live in these neighborhoods trying to find high vantage points to take video and pictures. Get to that in a moment. I want to take a step back and take a look at the big picture here, what we're talking about. It's not just the, what the fires we've been focusing on this morning, this afternoon. Uh, 15 fires of note. And those are the ones who pose potential threat to human safety. We've seen a number of them in uh, Troy and Alyssa's and Cassidy's coverage. More than half of them, as we've showed tonight, are in the Okanagan and Shoe Swap area. They're the most 
dangerous fires. There's also 4,300 firefighters deployed, and that's where this tourism, wildfire, wildfire tourism comes in. These are 4,300 people putting their lives on the line here every day and night. Uh, arduous work. They're absolutely exhausted, and they don't want to keep running into people driving around access roads and side roads, taking videos and pictures of what everyone agrees is sensational footage, but it's also a very dangerous situation. I put the question of emergency management, Bowen Ma, today about this, and here's her response. What we absolutely cannot have on our roads is people blocking roads to take photographs, getting out of their cars, visiting communities where there's high wildfire activity, getting in the, in the way of crews. We can't see boats on waters that are being used by firefighting equipment to skim water to fight fires. We cannot see drones in the air where there's wildfire fighting equipment happening. So again, the basic message today is don't go to the Okanagan unless it's absolutely necessary. You have a medical appointment and such. Don't go on the water in boats to take pictures of everything. Don't go on access roads to get film and video and pictures. Uh, stay away. One other thing that's going on there, well, there's many things going on. One thing that's ongoing is the continuing evacuation of long-term care and assisted living uh, residents in that, particularly the Kelowna and west side of Kelowna, but also in the shoe swap as well. Uh, last night, 53 assisted living residents were moved out of Chase to other communities where it now brings to close to 900 people in long-term care and assisted living who have been evacuated. It takes a long time to evacuate these people. It's not like going door to door and saying you've got 20 minutes to get out. This is a, a long, arduous and complicated process. It's ongoing. We're going to get to a high number when it comes to evacuees involving long-term care and assisted living. That number will go up by the hundreds in the days ahead. And putting so much stress on those people who are already so vulnerable at such a tough time for them yeah. and their families. Keith, thank you for that. All right, let's uh, bring in Steph Florian now to talk more about the weather conditions over the next 12 to 24 hours. Uh, Steph, uh, a bit cooler, but wind obviously a factor as well. Uh, what can you tell us? Those northwesterly winds did pick up today. Uh, still gusty, actually, but nothing like Thursday, Friday's winds, but very still problematic considering the dry conditions. And we are expecting another dry day tomorrow. A bit of a repeat as well with those northwesterlies picking up in through the afternoon. However, tonight we are going to see those ease off. So that is some good news through the overnight and into the morning hours. It is still very windy through the uh, strait today around the lower mainland and the south coast. However, we're seeing that smoke push in. So we have air quality statements blanketing the entire southern half of the province. And again, it really is these winds. They're easing off tonight, picking up again late morning tomorrow and through the afternoon and evening and then easing off again. We have a pattern change coming. We have rain, the potential for thunderstorms more on that coming up. Back to you. All right, thanks, Steph. Coming up, more on BC's wildfire emergency, the provincial picture during this state of emergency. Plus... It's not over yet. There is still a lot of work that we need to do to make sure that everyone is safe. Kelowna Mayor Tom Dias standing by for us. We'll get the latest from him on the situation in his city. And later, air quality in Metro Vancouver. As Steph mentioned, the smoke drifting toward the south coast. We've used the word unprecedented so many times already this fire season. And many, many more communities across B.C. are being threatened tonight. Travis Prasad joins us live with the details on that. Travis. Yeah, Sophie, let's start with the Kukupee Creek wildfire burning in the Fraser Canyon. That one's about 105 square kilometers in size. BC Wildfire Service says thankfully there was no significant growth overnight, but it is an extremely challenging firefight because that valley has some of the strongest wind in the province. 
Highway 1 remains closed between Hope and Lytton. A number of evacuation orders are in place. Lytton is on evacuation alert. The wildfire service is working with rail companies to try allowing intermittent rail traffic to continue when it's safe to do so. Um, this fire today has the potential to see some growth to the north uh, and our our crews and our team that's in place there is working with the resources they can to try to secure the north edge of this fire. 18 kilometers southwest of Karameas, the Crater Creek fire continues to burn. It's quite large at 37,000 hectares and growing. Structures have been destroyed, but officials are not yet confirming how many. This fire is now pushing south and has made its way into the U.S., about 200 properties are on evacuation alert, another 13 on evacuation order. Northwest of Oliver is the relatively new Upper Park Rill Creek fire. Officials say it's about 1,100 hectares in size. Crews are using heavy machinery to try boxing in the fire, but right now it's out of control. 257 nearby properties are under evacuation order. This fire is suspected to be human-caused. In southeast BC, 10 kilometers west of Invermere, is the Horse Thief Creek Fire. This one is currently about 4,000 hectares in size and is threatening a number of traditional territories. It's currently not responding to suppression efforts. And also, Sophie, we now have word the Ironman Canada Triathlon, scheduled for later this month in Penticton, has been cancelled. This comes as wildfire smoke blankets the region and non-essential use of accommodations is banned. Sophie. It's a tough one. Uh, I know a lot of people will be very disappointed after months and months of training, but uh, got to be safe in that region right now. All right, thanks for that. Travis Prasad reporting live for us tonight. Well, just ahead, the wildfire impact hundreds of kilometers away. The smoke settles on Metro Vancouver. Warning from health officials next. Also ahead, a glimmer of hope in the firefight near Yellowknife as evacuees arrive in B.C. The wildfires are burning hundreds of kilometers away from Metro Vancouver, but the evidence is hanging in the air today. Smoke has blanketed the region, prompting a warning from health officials to limit outdoor activity. Kamala Karamali reports. A thick sheet of haze blanketing Vancouver Saturday. The smoke from the wildfires out east has people here breaking a sweat. Not because of the heat. Everyone I know has asthma. But because of the threat of respiratory illnesses. That's definitely an issue. Yeah, big time. I have to breathe really deep sometimes. Yeah, it was pretty bad last night. There's been an uptick of patients coming into St. Paul's with respiratory issues since the wildfires began burning this summer. I think there's been a 30 to 50 percent increase, but I think we'll see more of it over the next week or so as the air quality dips even further. BC's air quality health index for Sunday shows Metro Vancouver having the same moderate level 5 risk as the central Okanagan, where the wildfires continue to burn. The advice is to stay indoors and avoid outside outdoor activity, avoid exercising outdoors. Listen to what Dr. Don Sin says happens when even some healthy people stay out too long under these conditions. The airways, the windpipes, undergo a spasm. And when they go into spasm, the hole gets extremely small and mucus starts producing and a lot of inflammatory cells uh, start infiltrating into the airways. And as a result, it's like breathing through a straw. This comes as the BC Coroner Service is investigating the death of a nine-year-old boy who had a severe asthmatic reaction his parents say was exacerbated by wildfire smoke. 
James and Amber Vi from 100 Mile House still searching for answers in the death of their son, Carter. I just hope that people realize how serious it is. A hope this time hospitals will be contending with fewer deaths, imploring those most at risk to stay indoors. Kamal Karamali, Global News. Well, some positive news for Yellowknife. Desperately needed rain fell overnight, and the fire there is roughly 15 kilometers outside the city. Flights carrying evacuees from Yellowknife have arrived in Vancouver. Just after one this morning, medical evacuees touched down at YVR. A total of 19 hospital patients were on board, along with 16 care home residents. They've all been transferred to facilities within Coastal, Fraser, and Providence Health. Up next, the latest on the weather forecast and the potential impact on BC's wildfire situation. Plus, animal evacuees, the effort to save pets and livestock from the flames. All right, let's bring in Steph Florian once again with a look at the forecast. And uh, as we've been discussing throughout this fire season, Steph, it's uh, the combination of uh, hot weather, um, the dry weather, no precipitation, and of course those winds. Those winds Thursday, Friday, extreme, extreme gusts. Uh, we did see those winds pick up. It was a northwesterly flow, northerly flow. We are going to be seeing those ease off tonight. So there's some good news into the morning hours. They did pick up nothing like we saw Thursday, Friday. We're going to continue to see that flow and that will increase again tomorrow morning. Even around the Strait of Georgia, we are seeing these winds tonight. They will actually be gusting to 50 kilometers per hour. We're expecting those to increase through the evening. Uh, so it's going to be stay very, very windy here around the island as well as around the lower mainland and up that strait. So here's what we're looking at as far as air quality. It's already Whistler, Eastern Fraser Valley, Metro Vancouver, not great. We're into that moderate zone, obviously around the fire zone areas. We are in that extreme above 10 as far as quality goes. We have this pattern change coming. So that's what we've been monitoring. We have some rain in the forecast that times out on Monday into Tuesday and Wednesday as you can see in the yellow and red with that rain comes that risk for the Okanagan of seeing some thunderstorms as well as some lightning with this rain but it could be heavy rain at times and again that times out Monday into Tuesday and Wednesday for us we have some rain in our forecast let's just take a look at tomorrow so chance of showers for Prince Rupert we have a risk of lightning for Sandspit as well as that for Fort Nelson and for the BC piece that risk of an afternoon thunderstorm Storm. Otherwise, local smoke, hazy skies for Terrace and Smithers with a chance of showers. Moving south, it's widespread smoke. We're very dry again tomorrow. Temperatures actually bumping up. We're at 29 in Castlegar, 27 in Kelowna, a Soyuz at 29 degrees. Smoky situation, winds picking up, northwesterlies again. And then for the uh, Vancouver Island, we're looking at hazy skies. It's going to be another warm day, very breezy. Those northwesterlies for Vancouver Island as well as for us here around Metro Vancouver. And then in through the valley. We're going to see that smoke push in tonight into tomorrow morning. We will see an improvement as we get into Monday. We have that system pushing in, expecting a few showers coming in Tuesday into Wednesday. But we are seeing that drop in temperatures not quite as warm as we were expecting due to all this smoke in the air. Thanks to you. All right. Thanks very much, Steph. Well, the impact of BC's many wildfires isn't being felt by humans alone. Animals, both pets and livestock, are among the evacuees displaced by the flames. Catherine Urquhart has more on the efforts to keep them safe. Oh, good girl. Hey, good girl. A beloved pet cat is cared for by BCSPCA in Kelowna. This after its caregivers were evacuated due to the wildfires. 
and there are many others. You're a good puppy dog. By Saturday morning, eight dogs and 11 cats had been brought here for emergency housing and care. We've had some pretty emotional moments when people are leaving us their cats or their dogs and they're just, they're so anxious, but leaving them here, at least they know that we've got people taking care of them, that they're Displaced livestock is another issue and efforts are underway to find and coordinate temporary homes for the animals. We've got people in our community who um, have farmland or, or larger pieces of property where they're willing to take in you know, cows and horses and chickens and uh, the things that we can't necessarily take here. More wild animals, such as deer, are being seen in the city. People are urged to keep their distance. We've actually already seen wildlife entering into urban areas, uh, not only for wildfire, uh, because of wildfire impacts, but also because of drought. The fires impacting wildlife, livestock, and pets. Some of them shut down a little bit, so we have volunteers and staff who will make sure that they're going in and petting them and making sure that they feel comfortable. Evacuees needing emergency assistance for livestock or pets should contact the BCSPCA. Those wanting to help can do so by making donations to the BCSPCA at their offices or online. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Up next, helping wildfire evacuees, how communities are stepping up to welcome the thousands forced from their homes. Global BC wants to see you at the PNE Fair. Catch all the fun at this end of summer tradition, from attractions and entertainment to food and rides, and the stories that make it all come alive. The PNE Fair, in partnership with Global BC. As mentioned, many of the most destructive and dangerous fires are burning in the Okanagan and Shuswap areas right now. In Lake Country, flames have already burned down a number of buildings, but how many still isn't known. Victoria Famia reports. Smoke filling the sky, so much so that it's almost hard to see the fire burning in the city of Lake Country. Our guys were right on top of it as soon as it came. But, uh, you know, these, these fire things are so dynamic in this kind of weather with the wind. You know, the wind is the big damaging factor. Yes, it's dry. It's always dry in the Okanagan, but the wind. The city's mayor confirming Saturday structures have been lost in the Okanagan center area of Lake Country. We lost homes. We lost homes uh, last night. Uh, we don't know, you know, I can't get into the specifics. Uh, we're still out there fighting. You know, the, con the concentration now is on fighting. But there's some good news. We were able to save quite a few structures in Okanagan Centre because of our recent water main up upgrade. Uh, you know, we had an, a really old water main in that area that uh, wasn't, wasn't providing proper fire flow. And Really, literally two weeks ago, it was uh, commissioned and working, and that uh, increased pressure saved a lot of homes. The fire started Friday, and it's already an estimated 174 hectares in size, prompting a local state of emergency and a number of evacuation alerts and orders. One resident who has recently been evacuated says since the fire began, he's seen fire crews constantly working on it, especially the water bombers and the helicopters. He says they've been picking up water from the nearby lakes almost on rotation to attack the blaze. All the credit to the firefighters because they're doing an amazing job. But the situation still tense. We're, we're anxious. Uh, you know, we got uh, ring doorbells and things like that, so we get to see the video and uh, so far so good. The mayor is advising residents who are evacuated to go to the evacuee center at Caltire Place in Vernon. Victoria Famia, Global News, Lake Country.
The evacuation orders and alerts have been expanding each day, often coming suddenly and leaving people on edge. Some have had to evacuate more than once this wildfire season. Others have even had to flee twice in the same day. Global Sydney Morton spoke with evacuees in Vernon today, where the community is doing what it can to help. We were deciding whether or not to leave because it was quite smoky and we saw the fire across the lake. And then a couple of fires started just in our area there. And then soon after that, the evacuation order was initiated. Rita Schnitzer is one of the many people who have been forced to leave their homes as the wildfires continue to rage out of control in the Shushwap in Okanagan. It's always in the back of your mind, but then when it actually happens, you go into a little bit of a shock. Vernon's Caltire Place has been transformed into the Emergency Services Support Centre. It's an emotional day here at Caltire Place as people who have been evacuated from their homes pass through the doors looking for information, many in need of a place to stay and a warm meal. My mom is actually one of uh, the responders here and is in charge of uh, finding homes and finding food for everybody and uh, she just told me about some of the stories that she's been hearing and uh, we just thought the right thing would be to come and help. In less than an hour after firing up the grill, TJ Kolovos and his wife Jesse and their team served 60 people free meals. We decided to give back a little bit to the community and free food for all evacuees and first responders, any volunteers. For the evacuees, the warm meal is a bit of comfort during a difficult time. I, th I think that's a big one. Just a lack of sleep and a lack of food really just sort of hits. Yeah. yeah. But there is not a lack of gratitude for the first responders working to control the blaze. I just have to respect them and appreciate them so much for for what they were doing in in saving our our homes. Firefighters continue to fight the wildfires running through the Okanagan Shushwap region. There is no time frame as to when and if people will be able to return home. Sydney Morton, Global News, Vernon. Coming up, stories of hope amid the wreckage. I will find a way to pay you back for the help that you're delivering to me and my fire department. The gratitude of the West Kelowna Fire Chief, just ahead. Be there when rivals become teammates at the Labor Cup. Don't miss your chance to see six of the best men's tennis players from Europe take on six of their counterparts from the rest of the world over three days of intense team competition. LaborCup.com for information. See legendary singer, songwriter, and producer Lionel Richie on his 2023 Sing a Song All Night Long Tour, featuring very special guests Earth, Wind, and Fire. Come into Vancouver's Rogers Arena on September 12th. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. Global BC Community Hub. Promote your event, build your community. Global BC Community Hub, bringing your worlds together. Well, the total number of structures lost in West Kelowna and Kelowna remains unknown, but amid the devastation, there are countless stories of community and support with firefighters from dozens of communities coming to assist in the firefight. West Kelowna Fire Chief Jason Broland took a moment today to share some of those uplifting stories. We have 127 structural firefighters working the day shift today. There are 41 fire trucks and they were all parked in front of my office this morning. Over the past couple of nights, the fire has approached uh, our new Rose Valley water treatment plant. 
This is a $75 million building where the construction is nearly completed and the water is almost flowing. It's a piece of critical infrastructure that's going to make an immense difference to our community when it gets turned on. And we were not going to let it burn down. The fire burned over the treatment plant last night, but I'm happy to report that it was saved and undamaged. The treatment plant was saved because of the actions of firefighters from the BC Wildfire Service and all of the structural fire departments that are deployed. $10,000 worth of sprinklers and pumps that were put on that building over the last two days saved a $75 million asset. And I am incredibly devastated by the loss, but I want to share with you the good news that's happening. Yesterday, again, was one of the most difficult days of firefighting our department has ever faced. Our crews were sent to a street in West Kelowna and they found three houses were burning all next to each other and the fire was expanding up the hill. It was threatening hundreds of homes above those three and we had multiple fire engines involved in, involved in combating three single family house fires which on a normal day for us is a massive operation. These firefighters fully engaged and fought, those, fought that fire. But as an example of the coordination that the BC Wildfire Service had mentioned earlier, at the same time our crews were fighting it on the ground, their crews were flying above in helicopters dropping water on the same fire. This is unprecedented firefighting tactics that are taking place out there because of the cooperation. I want to thank everyone who's been involved. The list is too numerous now. Um, so all I can say is thank you. Uh, all of you are part of the Army that is helping us get this done. Um, my, what am I telling my firefighters? Uh, be patient, be calm, cooperate, and do it safely. But those same things all apply to the public as well. Up next, the latest from the fire zones. Stay with us. All right, returning to our top story tonight, evacuation orders remain in effect for the Shushwap region. Thousands of people affected, and that's where two major fires forced people from their homes last night and throughout the day today. Our Troy Charles is in chase for us tonight. Troy, what's the latest there? Yeah, Sophie, with these wildfire conditions, the dryness, the high winds, things can change in an instant. And while it can be challenging, it's so important for people to stay on top of the latest evacuation alerts and orders in their area. Just in the last hour, another evacuation alert issued by Squilax for the IR number no. 5 North Bay area. Anyone in the affected area should be ready to leave on short notice. Preceding that alert was a large new evacuation order and alert for the Sorrento and Skamekin area. The Columbia Shushwap Regional District says around 3,500 properties and roughly 7,000 residents are under either evacuation alerts or orders. Sophie, once again, just can't stress enough how important it is to have a plan in place and to be ready to leave mm -hmm. when either evacuation alert or order comes in. And for the most up-to-date information, those people can check the Columbia Shushwap Regional District's website mm -hmm. and social media pages to stay up-to-date. Back to you. And as we've been hearing from officials over and over again, and especially in the past few days, Troy, when you are uh, given the evacuation order, follow it. Get out as soon as you can and, and don't 
um, uh, get in the way of the crews trying to fight those fires. All right, thanks for that. Troy Charles reporting in Chase now. Let's head to West Kelowna where our Cassidy Moscone has been this week. Uh, Cassidy, heading into another night for this wildfire emergency, and you spoke to a number of evacuees today. How are they feeling? Well, Sophie, uh, many of them are anxious, they feel um, helpless and um, just frustrated at the moment. And the sheer number of these evacuees keeps going up. There's nearly 22,000 people in this region who are either uh, under evacuation alert, that means ready to go at any given moment, or evacuation order, that means they need to be out because their lives are in danger. And where do they all go? The, the hotels are full. You can bet friends and families' couches are as well. Everyone is really coming together here in Kelowna and West Kelowna uh, and even just to house all of the extra firefighters called to help put out these wildfires and protect people's homes. Um, you know, we know homes have been lost already. We heard some tragic stories from homeowners today, including Daryl Schultz, a Westside Road resident, which is actually just behind me here, who found out today, just as we were speaking with him, that he had lost everything. He's uninsured, left with nothing but his car and his dog. One of countless heartbreaking stories here, I'm sure, but we still don't know just how many homes have been lost. This smoke is really hindering any potential assessment of the destruction, but also the fire size, which means the fire is still estimated at 10,500 hectares, but that number is likely much larger. Just, just back on this smoke, it's incredible. The bridge behind me, you can usually see right across, there's mountains that are scattered with homes, but you can't see anything. That's gonna be a real challenge for firefighters in the morning when the sun comes back up and we can continue the aerial firefight. We'll be here keeping you up to date, Sophie. Couldn't even tell there was a bridge behind you until you pointed that out. All right, thanks for that, Cassidy. Cassidy Moscone in West Kelowna. Now on the other side of that bridge is where Richard Zussman is uh, in Kelowna, um, where evacuees have been gathering, hoping to hear any word on the fate of their properties. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Richard, the conditions that firefighters will be facing tonight when there's not that much smoke. You can see the, the glow from the hillside there. We did in the past couple of nights, but what, what do they face? Yeah, so we know the fires continue to burn, Sophie, and we don't know how long this will continue. Obviously, the big question everyone here has is, is my home still okay? And as Cassidy mentioned, it's far too early to make that assessment. Some people know, many do not, and it's going to take some time, potentially days, if not longer, to find out if a home is destroyed. The other question is, when will I be able to go back home if it is still standing? That's going to take some time as well. Uh, even if this fire does clear, what's going to have to happen will be a assessments, critical infrastructure has been damaged. All of that is going to take time. People will be out of their properties if they are still standing for a long period of time. And then it's about the fire fight tonight. Uh, the temperatures today were a little bit warmer than they have been. That consistency was good for the firefight, perfect conditions. Uh, so they were able to make some inroads here. But what could happen tonight is those temperatures go down and the cool weather creates that unpredictability that we've been speaking about for the 
last few days and that leads to a substantial change in the winds and when those winds start to change uh, it makes it much more challenging for the firefighters so that's what crews will be dealing with tonight is watching those temperatures go down and then trying to predict what we're going to see with the winds. so with that unpredictability of winds uh, they're going to be situated in places where they know are hot zones so clearly one of the big challenges uh, for all of these fire crews is working through uh, those changes in temperature and dealing with that and then preparing uh, for what tomorrow will bring uh, as we expect those temperatures to go back mm -hmm. up. So it's a, it's a little bit, obviously, a lot of guesswork here, mm -hmm. uh, but these firefighters are doing their best to try to contain the situation as best they can, Sophie, and keep as many of these properties safe. So far, the great news is no reported fatalities uh, for mm -hmm. humans uh, in this fire, and, and clearly officials are, are trying to ensure that it stays that way. Let's hope and uh, you know as, as the West Kelowna fire chief said in, in the um, briefing earlier today they'll be able to start counting unfortunately the number of homes lost when they are able to stop the firefight but for now the firefight goes on and let's hope tonight is a little bit calmer for those crews out there who are working so hard. Uh, Richard thanks for that and thanks to all our crews who are uh, out there in the smoke with the evacuees and, and working so hard to bring you coverage. I know all these evacuees are just desperate for any bit of information. So I'll give you the last word, Steph, because as we've been mentioning, of course, the weather is, is the all-important factor. Yeah, definitely. We've been seeing those winds pick up this afternoon. They'll ease off through the overnight for the Okanagan and then pick up again tomorrow late morning afternoon. For us, we've got widespread smoke really across all of southern BC under these air quality statements. So not great, but we do have a pattern change coming. We are expecting rain, potentially thunderstorms, even some rain here around Metro Vancouver coming this week. All right, keep it on BC One tonight for the latest developments in the wildfire situation in this province. Thanks for joining us. Have a good evening.